Hi, I'm Melissa Currents. And I'm Amy Yersted. And welcome to the second episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. Amy, I'm so excited for our second episode. I know, this is this is really awesome. And it seems like we've had a, a lot of people who have been as excited as we are. So um, it just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside that people like it and we're, we're helping and we have lots of friends online. <laughs> yes, we do. It's good. And um, it's so great to see like passionate League of Women Voters members coming together. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm super stoked. It's been great. It's been great yeah. getting the feedback. Yeah, that I that's really exciting. Um, when our friends come back and like, can you add this? Or hey, I can't wait to hear this. Or I really would love it if you would talk about this topic. So I, I that's awesome. Plus, yeah. that, uh, we don't have to think so hard then about coming up with the next topic. <laughs> that's right. You guys help us out. So if you have an idea for us, um, you can visit us on our website at alicepaulpodcast.com. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram at alicepaulpodcast. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to hear your ideas because we're definitely taking them and putting them to good use because as Amy said you guys are helping us out it's this is we're doing this because we love league and uh, we love you guys so we are gonna um, to talk about leadership development in our deeds not words segment and so um, this is a nod to Alice Paul and the suffragettes we're gonna um, get started to talk about leadership development. But we're, I guess what we're really doing is we're talking about our experiences being developed um, as league leaders. And Melissa's got, how many years do you have in the league? So I, I'm in my 20th year this year. Oh my gosh. I hope you have like a giant party. <laughs> I'm amazing. planning on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. That is amazing. Um, and then I, I think I'm going on 11 this month. I think so. My, my timing is a little weird. Um, but somewhere around there. So we have a lot of league members that have helped us along the way. And so that's why, I mean, partly that's why we wanted to have this, this particular um, topic for today's podcast was because it's one, it's, you know, we're celebrating the the leadership that we've been given over the years and two, we want to give back. And three, we have a lot of new members coming into the league these days. And we just want to help give our existing league members some tools and some ideas for developing these new members that are coming in and so they don't feel like they're alone. Um, So the example that I would like to share is before I moved to Northern Virginia, I was, uh, my family's Coast Guard, we were stationed in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So if you look at your hand, that's what people always do. You have a mitten. Um, We're actually way north of that. It's not even part of the mitten. So I, to be honest, I didn't even know... When my husband said, hey, you want to go to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan? And I was like, sure. It sounds like it's close to grandma. We have two kids. And um, I didn't look at a map. I'm going to be honest. I did not. (laughs) I had a kid and I was doing graduate work and I didn't have time to look at a map. So, yeah, shame on me for not looking at a map because we were basically in Canada. (laughs) But I have to say I loved it. It was it was probably one of the most rewarding experiences and times of my life. And I actually, now I, I really want to go back. And so, um, and the reason I want to go back is because when I got there, there was no league of women voters in Sault Ste. Marie from what I understand. And people would tell me is that the league hadn't been there since the 1970s. And so when I moved there, I had left a wonderful league in San Diego, um, who were my league moms. 
And so when I moved to Michigan, I was like, how am I going to get my voter information? And, and this is also my support and friend group. And so I'm, how am I going to make friends? So I started asking the state league what I could do. And so they gave me some things. But to be honest, we were five hours away from the state um, the state office. And so it was really, and I have kids, so it, it can't drive five hours just to go um, do some office work or, or whatever, make a meeting. So they, you know, they couldn't give me a lot of tools, but because I had some experience from my San Diego League moms and my San, uh, my Portland, Oregon League moms, um, I had a basis to work from. And so I knew, I knew film events um, and I knew how to run a film event. So I ran Iron Jawed Angels and brought it to our local library. And then I did a couple of other um, film type events. I also did an initiative referendum um, presentation. California, it was like Michigan as you got a lot of initiatives on your ballot. So I, I did those, um, but it still wasn't enough to feed my league soul. And so I got, I found a group of people who were interested in the issues that league already had a, had positions on. And so when uh, I said, you know, what you all are really looking for is a League of Women Voters. Why don't we just start one? And so we did. But mind you, they hadn't they had never been part of the league. And so we had to I had to develop all of these volunteers on the run um, on my own. And it just came down to finding out what it was that they what they were interested in. And so I had one friend that she was very passionate about voter service. She wanted to register high school students and college students. I had someone else that was really interested in water advocacy. Um, I had another person that was already going to city meetings. So we started an observer corps and just made it more formal. And so just finding out, and I'd have lunches. I'd invite people to come over to my house and have lunch so I could talk more about what it was that interested them and then finding out how we could fit their passion into the the work that we all wanted League to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was really great is that we made League what we wanted it to look like. So as long as we stayed nonpartisan, so in other words, we didn't support or oppose any candidates or parties, and as long as we weren't declining on our membership, which we weren't because we started with zero, and um, so we <laughs> we had an easy base. And then um, as long as we weren't in the, I always say in the red in our checkbook, um, we're we're doing we're doing great work, and and we were, and so we um, we were putting on one to three programs every single month and this was with the group of people that had never done league before and with the exception of maybe two um i had recruited 40 that year with the exception of two none of them had heard of the league of women voters and so this was um this was a definitely a test to my ability to develop new leaders and to develop the league visibility and brand in a place that hadn't seen the league in decades and um, it was, it truly was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And I have the best of friends there and they're continuing to do the great work of league. They still do voter registration drives. They're still putting on vote 411. They're, they're having their um, annual board meeting, I think this week or next week. And so they're still doing the administrative stuff. So right. um, it's, it's, a, it's great. It, you give people the tools that they want, that they need, make it so that it fits with what they can do find out what their talents and their passions are, um, and just make those personal connections. It's um, it's both rewarding for the mentor as well as the mentee. And so, um, how did so, yeah. you, how did you have fun? Like what, what did you do to kind of make it your own and for so, so people have some fun there? Yeah. So 
I'm going to take a, a line out of one of my good friends, um, a sure fellow national coach, and she says, you can't do league without the party. You always have to bring the party. And so we we always brought the party. So every single event, we'd have food. Um, and I love to bake, and I'd always bring crazy stuff and like vegan cookies or whatever it is. Um, so that always was a good conversation piece, but also it was fun and, and just brought warmth to all of our meetings. Um, we always had a um, space for conversation, so we'd have 15 minutes before our meetings. We might have time to chat um, because we're all friends, and we're doing this because we want to be with and hang out with one another doing the greatness of league. Um, and then we also had some downtime, so we'd have a monthly book group, and most of the time none of us but one maybe would read the book, but we'd love to get together to talk about the issues that were impacting our, our state or our, um, our country. And then we also had our hot topics luncheon. And so we kind of would we'd read an article and then we get together over tacos and talk about, you know, this particular issue. So it was a lot of conversation, like a lot of talking, not very much um, administrative stuff because people didn't join the league to do administrative work. They joined it to do voter registration, to do advocacy, to meet people, um, to get informed on the issues. And so um, I did a lot of the administrative stuff from behind the scenes, but the administrative stuff that I was doing wasn't, um, it wasn't like insurance or too much banking stuff. It was more like putting out a press release to inform the community that our events are public and open to everybody. Um, It might be setting an agenda for the board meeting, but um, it really wasn't that burdensome to put a board agenda together. But most of it, my the biggest work I had to do was raising the visibility so that people in the community knew that we existed. And so that was probably passing off that torch was the hardest, I think, because I don't think any of us up in Michigan realized how much work it is to brand yourself um, and to maintain that high level of visibility. Right. If you can split that up, and so some people are doing your social media and some are doing your press releases and others are making flyers and radio. I mean, that's just wonderful because I was I was doing a lot of it. But then I'd also bring some of my members along with me so they could see it because um, I would never want to just throw them to the ropes by themselves because that's I know me when I was first starting out league, that would have scared the crap out of me and I would have walked the other way I'm like you want me to what (laughs) no and I think uh, there's so much effort to um to communicate with our own volunteers that sometimes we lose the steam to do like the outward facing work letting the community know about an event coming up so it's so important because then that's how we could grow our members and our volunteers Mm -hmm. and yeah, and I think that back to the fun thing too is that if your members aren't having fun doing what they're doing, they're they would they're not going to stick around, especially these new people because the whole work life balance is so important, and people are working more than they've ever worked before, and they're not getting paid as much as people used to in the past, and so they they really need to fit this kind of work into their into their lives, and so like I'll bring my kids with me, or if we have a social like a Christmas party, you know, I might want to, I might want to bring my husband and kids and make this a family event because we might not have any other family events around the time of year. Um, Really want to think about um, what will appeal to like these new members that are coming in because we are having such an influx. We got to think about what they need too. That's right. And that's really where it comes down to is we have to meet them where they're at. It's not about them serving the League of Women Voters. It's about the League of Women Voters providing the things that they need to do to make make their community 
work great, make governance more transparent, to take money out of politics? Um, what can we do? What, how can we serve that passion? Because um, we have decades, 97 years worth of material. Um, we just need to, ha- to find out what it is that they want to do and then, and then help them along the way. And I, what I love about uh, your story, Amy, is the amount of time that you took for building those relationships. I think that is so commendable because you said you recruited 40 people in mm-hmm, one year yeah. and you probably knew like everything that, you know, you knew what those individuals were interested in. And so you could plug them in and make the league work for what they wanted. Yeah, I'll, absolutely. Um, I have uh, one of my friends, I'm not going to name names, but he owned the store and like I would I came in there all the time one because he was a very good friend of mine and the sweetest person ever so I wanted to go and and just hang out five minutes and my kids unfortunately would destroy his store in those five minutes but <laughs> you know it is about making those you know make stepping out and making those personal relationships because then he and I are we we hold each other accountable and we get to talk about league together and you know we feel more bonded <laughs> things that we're doing in my local league. I um, volunteer with the Cincinnati League of Women Voters and we have a program called Act One, uh, Hands-On Civics in Cincinnati and it's a, a, a program for young young people to join the, um, the league and then also another civic organization and so we do this program um, together and what it is is you apply to be uh, a member and then we provide indiv- um, specialized programming for people for the group, um, so you uh, you apply to the program, you're welcomed, and then um, the class starts to develop uh, activities that they are interested in uh, um, to talk about local issues. And so it's been a great um, it's been a great thing for our league. And right now, our uh, board of directors for Cincinnati is uh, we have five alums from the act one program on our board so it's really yeah it's really been that's um, awesome valuable for us we uh so one of the cool things that we do for this um for act one is that we provide a membership for you for two years and then so because we want you to try us out and so we think that that uh, we're showing these young people that we invest in them and so they've really uh taken to that and um you know, have stepped up and become leaders in our organization. Hmm. So did you say that these were all college students that were applying? So, no, it's mostly, I'd say, um, like people in their 20s and 30s. The age limit is 35 right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, I could totally apply and yeah, learn. That'd be awesome. You want to be a member? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of things would they learn um, hands-on and then what kind of techniques did you use to develop them into leaders and how I mean how did you I mean two years you kept these these young people in there for two years so how did you initially engage them but then also like recruit them to want to stay in and do take on more responsibility we um what was really cool because we had a partnership was that um both organizations kind of the same problem it was getting more volunteers in the in the um within the the group and so um, we are we are recruiting for both organizations so that we can cast our net wider, which really was helpful. And then when we they did their application, um, they told us what they want, were interested in. So when we got their information, we already knew what they might you know um, someone might be interested in voter rights or you know uh, environment or housing, and so we could plug them in right away to our different um, 
like committees and so they could like we already knew who they who they you know what they could potentially do so that really helped like knowing what they were interested in we made it we didn't have any like obligation like you had to go to so many meetings or anything it's mm-hmm. because you know uh, volunteers today not just younger folks but everybody were so um, busy that having such an obligation might be like a downer so having something that's so open like if you can come we'd love for you to join and so we did have some turnover but it was worth the investment for us so we hmm. paid um just to talk you know league lingo we paid for their per member payment their pmp for those two years now in my league we are um, very fortunate to have the ability to do that and when i've talked to other leagues around the country um the idea has come up that maybe you could do a, a drive to get um, like uh, seasoned league members to donate PMP for like yeah. if you wanted to do a similar program and the PMP is a big concern for you. You could get, you know, donors just to cover that and then you know how many slots you could offer. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that sounds good. Do you think this would be something easy for a lot of leagues to recreate for their own local league? Oh. Yeah. So um, it's just a matter of, um, you know, how we recruited folks is that um, in our local newspaper, they have a political blog. And so we put it, um, you know, we asked the editor to, you know, we did a press release and then they posted about it. And then um, that's how we got the word out initially. Like we put flyers up in like Starbucks and we put it on social media. But really, once we did that, the people who were in the program told their friends and that's how we've grown is that it's their friends like hey you know i did this program and i think you'll really like it um and then we talked to um some you know like college professors like political science students and so they they kind of get the word out about it too so it's really worked out yeah that sounds awesome and it sounds like something that a lot of people would be interested in um so yeah a great way to kind of get your toes wet into what league does and then focus on an issue that you truly care about. Right. So, and then also for the league members to get some help working on the issues that they care about and then having more or less a succession plan for up and coming members, right. as you said, where you have a lot of them already on your board. So yeah, that's outstanding Cincinnati. Yes. <laughs> and I think it surprised um, some of our members that we had like younger folks were interested, you know, that mm. people did apply. And um, yeah, so it, it's been a great synergy um, our, um, on our board now. I mean, we have such great um, new ideas and like they think things differently and they, you know, they're willing to jump in and do like the online thing. And, um, you know, I think they get like the marketing um, aspects of rec- like of recruitment easier. And so it really it really works out. Yeah, no, that's um, that sounds good. Plus, you know, I, I find that it helps if you have at least one young person um, in your crowd at a, at a league event, a lot of like the new young people will gravitate to that one existing young person. So you always got to have one in the flock uh, to make the new young people feel welcome and um, like they're not alone. <laughs> right. They're not the so, other yeah. yeah, so this was a great way for you guys to pull in some new people um, so that the more new people that you recruit and develop into leaders don't feel like they're on their own. So that's, yeah, it's a, yeah. that's a really cool idea. I yeah. love it. And we, yeah. we probably have, um, we've had probably 35 people through the program so far. Wow, yeah, that's really good. That's a great number. Yeah. I guess we should go back to the whole 
leadership development ladder and mm-hmm. um, talk about that. But that what you know your your experience, my experience, really what a lot of this comes down to is the process of mentoring, whether it's an informal, you know, we've said, I'm going to be a mentor and I will be your mentee. Okay, great. And you come up with, you know, expectations and timelines and benchmarks. And, you know, we're going to have a a regular conversation about where we're at and whether we're meeting our expectations. That would be more of the formal or the informal where I come into, you know, my friend's store and I say, hey, I can't wait to see you. How's the Observer Corps program going? You know, do you need me to help you with anything? You need me to, you know, find another volunteer. Right. And then just working through that uh, relationship. When I first joined the the board um, at my local league, I didn't know. I was really nervous about making motions, so I would talk to. I call her my league mother, and then mm. I'd, I'd call her and be like, "I don't even know how to make a motion." And she'd be like, "Okay, okay, listen. This is what you're gonna do. You say this, <laughs> and we'd write it out." And then I felt so much more confident, um, you know. And I think about how far I've come. Like I've been a local league president. I've been on the state league of women voters board in Ohio, and you know I'm a um, sure fellow right now for the national league. And if I didn't have that like informal mentoring, I I probably wouldn't be here. And yeah. So, I mean, it's so important. Can I have your league mom? Because I could always use some help with Robert's rules. <laughs> yes, I, she would be happy to help. <laughs> Who doesn't need help with Robert's rules? Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so that really goes back to the point about knowing the comfort level then. So she, you know, you were able to express where you were, you felt vulnerable and she was able to help you with that in a, you know, in a kind, supporting way. And that's, I mean, that's huge because if you're you're not kind and supporting then I'm not gonna ask you for help right exactly I knew where I knew who to go to for sure yeah yep and and she probably offered her you know she's like if you ever need me then you know feel free to give me a call or send yes. me an email and I'll right. be happy to help you yeah so exactly. it's putting yourself out there so that people feel comfortable enough to come to you and I guess the the last thing I'd like to say about developing leaders is to start small we don't want to put someone on the board because they're enthusiastic or they show potential to be a leader because that can be intimidating and they might have a lot going on already and and sitting on your board might not be something they want they want right now um but you can find out who they are why they came to the league what their passion and interests are and what their talents are and then see see if there's a small project they might want to work with um or a voter registration drive they want to help out with and so you Take them on this one, this first trip. And then the second one, ask, how was that? How did you like it? Is it something you want to continue with or do you want to try something new? Because the league's got a lot of different things that you can work on. And then um, you give them another project. And pretty soon, you know, they might be asking, you know, I really want to help set the direction of our league because I enjoy it so much. And then I'd like to be on the board. And then you'd help them out with that process. But it's all about giving them small pieces until they tell you, you know, I want to do more. What can I do? Um and just have that conversation about, you know, how how we can help you sort of thing. Right. It's not all about what um, the league needs. It's about what the individuals need. And we yeah, need that to remember that for ourselves, too, because we tend to, I know I tend to overcommit. And so I got to mm-hmm. think about what I need, too. And that's why also the fun part has to be infused in league, because it's got to be fun. I, I My friend who says you have to have, you always have to have the party. She's so right when she says that. Cause right. Otherwise, we'd all just have a job. <laughs> and league should not feel like a job. No. This is fun. We're making, we're doing greatness and having fun at the same time. Yeah. So. You, Amy, you and I, we always have fun together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
this friend who keeps saying, telling us about, don't forget, we have to bring the party. She also gave us a line on our Facebook, on our uh, our new yeah. What Would Alice Paul Do Facebook page. And she said, because uh, I asked, you know, is there anything someone wants to tell, you know, give us to add to our podcast tonight? And she said, a good leader leads where the group is interested in going with stretch. Yes. That's awesome. It's so true. It is. It really is. You have a group of people, they want to, you know, they have a project and the leader's role is to help guide them, allow them to have that room for flexibility, creativity, um, and then maybe even to challenge them a bit. So I think that this, where she put the with stretch part is it's both to give the the group some room to explore ideas, but also to challenge them as well. And that's the good role of a that's what a leader does. I didn't know what I could do until I was, you know, until I had the opportunity to do it. And league has been um, so true for, for me in that regard. You know, when I joined the league, I didn't think I could be a, um, a president, a local president. And mm-hmm. I didn't think I could do the voter service chair. And, you know, right now I'm, I'm doing a, a fundraising development work. And I had no, uh, you know, I've gotten all these skills because of the league took a chance on me and other mm-hmm. leaders, they, they saw something in me and I'm so grateful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I 100% agree from the time I was in Portland, Oregon with my league moms. I mean, I got to sit on consensus studies where we're looking at education and it felt like, wow, this is, this is a big deal. And, and they showed me how to do it. And then I got to be a speakers bureau coordinator during the 2008 election. And in an urban area, that's a lot of um, meetings that you're setting up. And, and I had just had my baby and had just graduated college. And I was like, wow, like it was both challenging, but incredibly rewarding to, to know that I was going to be helping to educate people all over uh, Portland, Oregon. Wow. And then San Diego, those those moms threw me baby showers, as did the Portland moms. But um, I learned a lot about working inside a committee in um, in, in uh, San Diego, and then Michigan. I have to say, not only did my my um, fellow league members up in Sault Ste. Marie help, but the state board was outstanding. Like I would not have been able to do what I did had I not have a strong, supportive state board that was willing to give me the flexibility. Um, to try new things and and to and willing to give me the tools that I needed um, just to do the basic administrative stuff that league does and and they never never were judge like judgmental um, or cross they were always just kind and so supportive so and I'm having this, a similar experience serving on the national board it's um, it's been a pleasure working with this cur- this current board and and they're all just so thoughtful and articulate and and just kind to one another right. we're lucky we're lucky to be part of the league. Oh my gosh, for real. It's awesome. It's like, it's like, you got to remember that. It's like, wow. No wonder people stay in this organization for 50 plus years. Yeah. I like to do a review on, um, on our podcast because I know that when I listen to podcasts, I, I uh, found all these great tidbits and I'm like, oh, now I got to go and rewind it because I have no idea how, what I just listened to, but I know I like this. So let's review, uh, what we talked about. Um, for this leadership development episode and some of the things that we talked about with our experiences and that kind of and that rings true would be having a support system and you can have an informal or formal mentoring program Um, getting to know your members personally whether you start out with that cup of coffee and find out what it is that they're um, that makes them passionate about a particular topic or what league does you find out about them what their talents are what what their time is uh, and have that that 
initial conversation where you're really getting to know them and then and to continue that conversation um, will keep that person feeling more engaged and more connected to our organization. Uh, Melissa and I have actually talked in the past about whether surveys are good or not and I find that the surveys using them are kind of mixed. Your return rate is only, especially if you put it to a, a broad group, you might only have between a 5 and 12 percent um, return. But if you're doing it just to one person, you're saying, hey, I'd like to give you the survey, you know, let me know what your interests are. That might be good. Or a conversation over a cup of coffee might just be as adequate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing is to, to make sure you meet your these new people that you're that show that they want to be a leader. Find out, you know, what, like I said, what where we can meet them. So some people only can be online and, and that might, you know, that's okay. And there's a lot of ways to do greatness online. Um, and then time or whether they have a family to take care of. So those are all things. We're meeting them where they are at, not forcing them to meet us where we're at. Um, outlining your expectations. They have expectations and you have expectations. And it's okay to put those out there because then no one will have hurt feelings in the end. Um, and then uh, like our, our uh, longtime league friend says, is bring the party. Make it fun. Make it social. This is your community. Um, and you want, you want people to feel like if they're missing, everybody's going to notice that they're missing. Like, oh, where's Amy at today? I'm, right. I'm missing. So that really needs to be part of it. Um, and then that also comes to knowing their comfort level, you know, talking about where they're, what, you know, what they have time for, what their skill set is. You need to have a conversation about what they're comfortable with because if you give them a project right away that they're not comfortable with, they're going to scare them, and then they they might just decide to say, you know what, I can do something somewhere else that's you know a little more in line with what I want to do. Right. And then lastly, small roles. Start out with small roles. Don't put them on the board and make them your secretary or your treasurer or your president right away. Give them a small role. First, have them stand at a voter registration table. Then have them organize a voter registration table. Uh, have them organize a sheet of volunteers, you know, and it just kind of gets a little bit harder if they want it. Um, or they might not like doing voter registration or have the time to do voter registration. So have them work, help with a study or put on a program together or be an observer at an observer corps right. program. There's Right. Write mm-hmm. a, a, an article for the voter yeah. newsletter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of, League does so many great things. So there's a lot of different places um, we can put people. It, it could even just be coming up with new ideas to do new things. Uh, so it's, there's a lot. To allow people to have some creativity, and these a lot of young people have um, a lot of new skills. Even even my son, who's eight, they're teaching him how to use Google Drive. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> I, I'm serious. So I'm like, wow, Gabe, you're gonna start teaching me how to use it. <laughs> Get over here, kid. Yeah, I know, right? They're doing their own uh, YouTube videos and and Google Drive. Oh I'm my like, goodness. oh my gosh. So if that tells you anything, the new our new people who are coming into league have an amazing amount of skills, and uh, and we need those skills. So just find out what they're willing to do, what makes them you know tick, and uh, and then make those those strong connections and relationships with them, yeah. and, and they'll be fifty year members before you know. It. it goes by so fast. I can't believe I'm at twenty. So it really <laughs> I can't believe that either. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna have a rager. I don't there know. we go. There we go. Next convention. <laughs> That's right. Um, but um, and then uh, so thanks, Amy, for the wrap up. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to let some let you know that we are now on um itunes and then Mm -hmm. we are on stitcher so if you like to use stitcher for that's uh, google android and then um but yeah we're on itunes and then you can also listen 
to all of our episodes at um, alicepaulpodcast.com and you can just listen right on your browser. We also have an email sign up if you are interested in getting um, alerts by email. And then, you know, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alice Paul Podcast. And then, um, you know, we, if like we said before, if you have any ideas or have a comment about anything we've talked about, we'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thanks. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in and being on Facebook and all the other different yeah. socials. And we really appreciate the support that our, our league sisters and brothers are showing us. Yes. So thank you for that. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So do something great. Go develop some new leaders and um, take someone out to a cup of coffee and get to know them better. That all starts with that first conversation. We ask what would Alice Paul do, but it's more important what you're going to do. Until next time. Thank you.